Hello and welcome. It's Empire of the Cop Inside. I'm your host, Farrell Keeling. We've got the lovely Neil Jones here with us today again to dissect uh, that rather mad business at the weekend. Um, I'm, I'm going to start off with a positive before we move on to the inevitable uh, negatives that are associated with that sort of loss against Tottenham. Um, and the reality is, really, Neil, I think even when Liverpool go down to nine men, you'd say Liverpool were on the balance of things, almost appeared to be the sort of better side. I think we leave that thinking, you know, you know what, the mood is sort of almost bizarrely buoyant. We're all sort of very sort of proud of our lads on the pitch. We think, you know, everyone, everyone really sort of didn't put a foot, much of a foot wrong. Even Matic, you have to argue, you're a bit unlucky, a bit tired for the goal. You can sort of see how as soon as we go down to nine men, sort of the rationale for how we plan to sort of play out the game. You think probably players like Canate and Nunes make it onto the pitch with 10, but it just completely changes uh, the face of the game. I don't know, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think there are ways to lose a game, aren't there? And I think the way that Liverpool lost that game on on Saturday was acceptable, um, understandable and encouraging. You know, I think they've had an encouraging start to the season full stop. And I don't think losing that unbeaten record, losing that, that sort of, you know, unbeaten start should take away from what's happened and what the development of this team has been over the last few months. And... I completely agree with you. I thought defensively, you know, considering the, the sort of, you know, the narrative really is a little bit like, oh, Liverpool have still got some defensive issues. Well, I actually thought the way they defended was pretty outstanding for the most part. You know, against a good side away from home, with 10 men from the, you know, the, the what, the 26th minute, with, with nine men from the 69th minute, to to be the way that they were and to set up the way that they were, I think was, was a credit to, to the manager and to the players as well. And yeah, you're right, I mean, there was a couple of times, wasn't there, when they got a corner sort of late in the, in the second half, and you were thinking they're not going to Ardy, they're gonna they're gonna go and score here, aren't they? And it, it was just one, it was just beyond them. It was it was a cruel blow. Listen, I, I saw you know I saw a few people sort of. I thought Matt, I thought Matt was probably the man of the match for Liverpool, along with Allison and Van Dijk, um, until obviously the, the 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 last seconds of the game. But I don't think you can sort of put too much blame on him. It's, you know, it's a cross fist in and I saw a few people saying, oh, you need to sort his feet out and you think, yeah, okay, well, it's a 96 minutes of a game where you've been playing with a man down, you've been defending your box tirelessly for the for the most part and clearing balls away and getting in the way and, you know, being in the right position. These kind of things happen and I don't think it needs to be, um, you know, any blame put on, on Joel Matip or any, any, indeed, any Liverpool player, maybe with the exception of Diogo Jota, who, you know, He's a bit unlucky to get two yellow cards, but the second yellow card is a, is just a silly, silly decision from from the player, and that's ultimately, I think, that probably cost Liverpool a chance of of really hanging on in that game and and maybe even going on to win it as they did up at Newcastle. I'm curious where you stand on sort of the officiating because there's so many sort of flashpoints within that game. You can kind of say, look, the Diaz goal is absolutely ludicrous. Should have stood on side. We've already been sort of made aware of the decision making that went on behind the scenes and the apparent sort of lack of like communicate proper communication between the man on the pitch and the man in Stockley Park. Um, you can sympathise with Jones and that the, the contact that does occur is not intentional. His foot rolls over the ball, but then I suppose you could see the other point where once you see the contact, it's it's uh, it's mm. a difficult one. I think I heard on the Anfield Rap that described it as almost uh, an amber card. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but I mean, ultimately, there could be no sort of sympathy in general for how the team at VAR handled affairs sort of generally on uh, the pitch. Um, is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think I think we leave the 
the red cards are the red cards. I think I think you can make a case that, that both of them were red cards, even if you don't think that Jota's first one is a is a yellow. Okay, that those those do get given as yellows, and he sort of got away with one just before it on Basuma, didn't he? Which probably should have been a yellow. Um, in any case, and then once he's done that, I think the second is it is is a second yellow. So I, I don't think you can argue that too much. I think Curtis is unlucky, but it probably is. It probably is a red card. So it's very, very unfortunate. You know, he's not trying to do what 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 it looks like he's doing on the still image. He's trying to protect the ball, and it's, he's he's gone over the, the top. But you think, look, you know, it's by it's by the grace of God a little bit that the Basuma doesn't pick up a you know a really serious injury. So when that happens, I think you sort of have to accept that a red card's probably going to follow. Um, I thought the the general level of officiating in the game was pretty poor. You know, I think you know there was a moment where. Salah was penalised for 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 a foul, you know, which I didn't see at all down down in the sort of near the Tottenham box, and that ended up getting booked for kicking the ball away. Then there was another one where I think Endo took one in the face. There was Allison, Allison getting booked late on for time wasting when Liverpool are playing with nine men. You thinking, come on, guys, like you know, a bit of common sense here. This this that there, there are mitigating circumstances. So I think it was a quite a. It, it was it was a tense game, obviously, and there was a lot of flashpoints in it. But I think a lot of them were sort of. Ramped up by the by the uh, the match officials and the way that they handled it, and then of course the Diaz the Diaz incident is just one of those that you know it needs explaining. I'm sure that you know we've seen Howard Webb and the PGMOO um, showing you know um, audio clips of the um, of of what the, the officials are talking about. I think they need to do it with this one because I don't think anyone can really understand how the, this decision has been made. A so quickly and A B obviously so incorrectly. No, absolutely. I, 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 before we sort of touch, I, I do want to talk about Liverpool's response to this specifically. Their statement. Um, I think there's also a sense of the club have, emerging from this and the players emerging from this and thinking um, it's very much almost us against them. You know, you can sort of see it in Van Dijk's comments, uh, Nunes's comments, sort of after the game. Uh, there's this idea, I suppose, of this almost certainly galvanising Liverpool. You get the sense of Liverpool emerging from it's not thinking, oh, you know, it's the end of our beaten run. They're, th- they're emerging from this thinking there's way more to come. Um, yeah. I, I just wonder, do you take that view that, you know, th- this this is galvanising Liverpool specifically as well? Or is this worried that this attitude of sort of almost us versus them risks more problems with officials in, f- in future? Because not, not that the onus is on the players specifically to keep the peace, because um, you can understand how they're feeling, certainly in the heat of the moment. But it's also as much on officials in Stockley Park and those, of course, on the pitch to deliver consistently competent performances. That should be the minimum of what we expect going into each game. Yeah, but look, I mean, I think you've got to understand that the players, they've just given everything for 96 minutes and I've had it taken away from them, A, through a, a moment of real misfortune with the own goal, but also, you know, through then subsequently learning that, Oh, that goal that you scored in the first half actually should have counted. And, you know, sorry about that. In fact, they haven't even said sorry, which is probably <laughs> another another element to, to the equation. You also have to remember that some of those players, Virgil van Dijk, Allison, Trent Alexander, Randy Robertson, Mo Salah, Jurgen Klopp, they have seen Liverpool miss out on the Premier League twice by a point or two points by one game. You know, there was a year where they missed out by, what was it, 12 millimetres? You know that was the margin of, of of Manchester City becoming champions and Liverpool not. So they're very much aware that at this stage of the season, it might it might say, oh yeah, it's it's the end of September, the start of October. You know, titles aren't won, but 
points are and points are just as important at this stage of the season as they are in, in April and May. And I think that there's a that's an element to it. I think there's also this kind of a little bit of a look, this 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 is getting this is getting too bad now. There are too many of these events. And, and listen, Liverpool are not the only club affected by it. Liverpool's players are not the only players affected by it. We've seen this season Wolves denied, you know, a deserved chance to, to get a, a result at Old Trafford. We've seen Brentford at Newcastle penalised for a, a dreadful penalty decision. You know, we, we see these apologies coming or these these admissions of, oh, that was that was an incorrect application of the rule or whatever. I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was Sheffield United, wasn't it, at Aston Villa? with the goal line technology when it wasn't working. We had Liverpool last season at Arsenal when the, the camera didn't quite pick up. You know, the camera didn't stretch up enough. Was it Martinelli for the, for the first goal away at Arsenal last season? So I think there's an, a, a sort of a feeling among a lot of players and maybe a lot of managers and probably just a lot of people in football that, you know what, we've had a few years of VAR now and what it was brought in to do it isn't doing, it isn't alleviating these human errors, it isn't making things more transparent or more clear. The processes aren't as streamlined as we thought they would be. We thought, okay, yeah, for the first couple of years, we'll have some teeth difficulties while they work out, but it'll soon become this smooth process. It isn't. It isn't. I mean, I, I was speaking to a few call of Everton fans. Uh, I, I played football myself yesterday, and I was speaking to some Everton fans who were at their game on Saturday. said it, it took sort of four minutes, I think, for, for Dominic Calvert-Lewin's goal to be sort of deemed whether it was onside or not. And in Jesus the end, Christ. and in the end, the, the actual conversation, and the guy I was speaking to actually is privy to the conversation because of his job, said, the conversation said, look, we we don't think it's onside, but we can't find an angle that shows that because the goalkeeper obviously was in the way and there was, there was a, you know, there was no sort of thing. And you think, well, you know, think about the fans in the stadium, think about what they're doing. You know, they're sitting there sort of wondering what's going on, sort of waiting to kick off the players. It's just, it just is at the moment. I think there's just a bigger conversation to be had around VAR and, and the rule, the, the application of the rules, and the people who are applying them as well. And I know that you know there's a lot of conspiracy theorists in football and people who have histories with um, or referees who have histories with certain clubs or clubs feel that they do. I think the wider issue is just the fact that I think the rules are a little bit sketchy and and vague, and I think the way that they're applied is messy and yeah it doesn't benefit the game, in my opinion. I, I, I've i thought that for some time, never mind, just because of Saturday, I look at, you know, an offside goal can be disallowed for offside incorrectly when you just have a linesman or a referee. So, okay, that, that can happen. Human error can happen. But VAR was meant to alleviate that and it just doesn't. That's the thing. I, I think no, if we're all sort of honest with ourselves, no, no referee is genuinely wholeheartedly biased against Liverpool. But I suppose the problem is you see these decisions happening on such a consistent basis. It just adds fuel to the fire, doesn't it, when it comes to these sort of conspiracy yeah. theories and you're getting, you know, people wondering, well, what if? Uh, I mean, Liverpool's statement, of course, you know, they acknowledged via the acknowledgement of significant human error on VAR's part and expressed an intention to explore the range of options available uh, given the clear need for escalation uh, and, and resolution. But, but, I mean, you mentioned, of course, about the sort of lack of an apology. It wasn't acknowledgements of error, but it wasn't sort of a direct apology to Liverpool that many feel was warranted. But what, what can Liverpool reasonably do in this situation? Yeah. I mean, we can, we can rule out, obviously, the game being replayed. We can rule out Diaz's goal being retrospectively awarded. What, what are our options here? Because surely the officials, surely Howard Webb, the organisation as a whole, needs to take a look, a serious look at themselves and look, you know, talk about consistency. Because you look at instances in the game alone, 
the failure to book, I think it was at Destiny Yodogi for uh, signaling for a card, Van der Ven's reckless tackle, Gomez, which, by the way, looks yeah, to me a pretty much a carbon copy of Van Dyke's tackle. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it, it, you just you look at these moments in the game and you think, well, hang on, a few games ago against Newcastle, Van Dyke got sent off for this. So you just think, well, what on earth? Where, where is the consistency here? Who's briefing yeah. you on how to respond to these instances? And yeah. If you haven't seen them on the pitch, why aren't the team at Stockley Park saying, hang on, let's pull the playback a bit here. We've just seen something, you know, that in our rule book that we're, you know, we're going by the season on that doesn't track. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. No, I think what, when you go back to the question of what Liverpool can do, they can't do much except for keep the sort of the heat on, if you like. They can, they can keep this in the in the forefront of the conversation, you know, going forward because it, it is it would be easy. And there are a few people who are trying to do it and listen, I, I sort of half understand the logic of that in terms of you don't want to turn things into a witch hunt. You don't want to sort of, you know, make it people who shouldn't be the centre of the story, the centre of the story. But there's this idea that, oh, well, look, they've, they've held their hands up and just you move on. It's like, well, Liverpool are saying, well, actually, no, it's not, it's not that simple because this isn't just about a point at Tottenham or three points at Tottenham or one disallowed goal. This is actually about trust in the entire process, isn't it? This this is about what well, I'm gone. So you're you're telling me I mean this is this is I'm I'm speaking as as I'm Liverpool here. You're telling me there was two camera operators, assistant VAR and a VAR, and all four of them were, were under the impression that the goal had been given, even though the camera operators will I know for a fact, and we've seen it do it, will have zoned in and shown the linesman with his flag up. You know, you know what? What did they not wonder why Luis Diaz wasn't celebrating? Did they not wonder why, you know, the, the Tottenham are wait ready to take a kick off from from their own penalty area rather than a kick off from the halfway line? You know, how how can four people in a room, whose job it is to know these kind of things, how how can they all believe that the referees awarded the goal? And when they've done it, how can the referee, when he says check complete? How is there no process which says, okay, just to double check, check complete, he's offside, yeah? And if he does that, I'm pretty sure the fella um, down in England in, in the VAR says, no, no, he's onside, and then and then it's corrected. There was no lines drawn. I thought the, I thought the lines were drawn automatically, as in, or, or you know, not automatically, sorry, in, in every instance, I thought the lines were drawn, whether, he, whether he's five yards onside or five yards offside, they draw the lines just to say, well, that's, there you go, there's your proof. They never did it. It was very quick. And I remember that. I remember thinking at the time, I was watching it on, on TV. I didn't go to the game. I was watching it and thought, ooh. I said, that looks tight. I said, I think he's onside. And then you go, I'll check complete. And you you do sort of go, oh, well, he must be offside. You know, that must just be a, a strange angle or, you know, they, they, they've got they, they've got that. But then he never showed the lines. And you think, well, why has that happened? You know, that, that's, that doesn't happen very often at all. Then it's emerges a half time that they've they've sort of realised it, and then a statement appears afterwards. And I think I think Liverpool's point is, you know, if you want us to trust this process, tell us what the tell us what the process was, and be transparent about it. And I think that includes the audio. I think it includes the sort of timeline of right what what's happened there. I think it might include the conversation that they had with Jurgen Klopp, which I believe he was told a half time, or or, or certain certain people at Liverpool were told a half time that a mistake had been made. You know. So obviously the PGMOL MOL knew the match officials knew that they'd made the mistake. Um, yeah, so I think that's what Liverpool's aim is really here. It's not a question of listen, we want compensation or we want points or we want 
Darren England to be sacked or we want anything like this. I think it's more just no, we wanna we wanna make sure now that this is a sort of an icebreaker that we say, no, we're not gonna just sort of accept our these significant human errors. We actually want to know why are they why do they keep happening and what are you doing about them in terms of making sure that they don't happen anymore. And I'm pretty sure there will be some things now, you know. There might be a minimum time put on a VAR check. It might be, it might be right. You, we, we don't do any VAR checks less than a minute because we need to make sure we get the right decision. It might be there needs to be a change in the language that's used between the officials and in, in the sense of check complete or intervention, whatever, whatever. We might have to tidy that up and make that. But I think that's what Liverpool are pushing for rather than, you know, in personal um, compensation. Perhaps even not maybe just as bizarre, certainly, but it, also the response to sort of Liverpool's statement on the matter from certain quarters is is quite disappointing, I would say. I, I, I mean, Gary Neville, for example, just to pluck an example out of the air, tweeted after the match that he felt Liverpool's response was a mistake and that they should respect the apology given, which, you know, as we said, acknowledges human error, but isn't really a direct res- sort of apology to Liverpool. Um, I think Neville did admit it was a sort of snap reaction and he could be wrong, to be fair to him. But I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 struggling. I'm struggling to see a world in which it's unreasonable for Liverpool to want to escalate the issue. Um, I appreciate that's, undef- that's undefined as, as things currently stand. But I don't, I don't see why it's unreasonable for Liverpool to want to take the issue further and to not just blanketly accept an, apolo- an apology uh, and move on. Especially, yeah, you know, as as we've rightly pointed, this isn't the, the technology hasn't been perfect. Sorry, not the technology. The use of the technology hasn't been perfect since it's been implemented, um, and it's not like we're talking about this is the first issue of the season. We've kind of gone, well, that's, yeah. an, that's an anomaly there. Um, you know, there's all kinds of issues. I mean, even the fact that the uh, the VAR and I think the assistant VAR weren't they officiating in the Middle East yeah. not only two days before the game and, and, and had an and the eight official. hour flight back and the fourth official. Why, yeah. why? I don't. I'm, I'm struggling to understand why the response to it, it. It does, and again, it's it's the same thing when it comes down to sort of how officials officiate Liverpool games. I don't want it to be about it's because it's Liverpool, but it 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 does. It's hard. It's almost hard to avoid that, but especially when you're seeing the response to this, even from some high-ranking journalists. I, I, th- I think Adam Crafton put something to that effect. Um, the Athletics, Adam Crafton. I, I just think, well, why shouldn't Liverpool escalate this? If this was happening to Tottenham, I'd want Tottenham to escalate this for the good of the game, not just for the good of Liverpool, because that's ultimately the point here, isn't yeah. it? it? It's not yeah. that Liverpool, I, you know. Yeah, sorry, I think I think from the perspective of those defending the officials or, or, or wanting Liverpool to maybe not make as big a deal about it as, as, as some do, I think there's, a, there's another element to play at the moment. There obviously is a, a serious problem with regards to the treatment of, of referees at grassroots level and up. And that has to be acknowledged in the sense that there are unacceptable treatments of, of, of officials. And yeah, a lot of that trickles down from, from the Premier League. So obviously it, it trickles down from fans, it trickles down from players that they see players screaming at referees or, you know, fans on social media saying referees are biased or give home decisions or hate us, that they never give us a decision. And and it, it all feeds in and it manifests itself in this sort of misplaced aggression and passion on a Sunday league or in an under-10s game or whatever. So there is that issue, clearly. There's also the issue that there's the Saudi Arabian League is is threatening to take officials away from the Premier League. That, that's been bubbling under for, for a few weeks. So there's, there's the fear that, well, I know, what are we going to do? You can't have a game without referees. And what if, what if all our referees say, we know what, we've had enough of this. We're going to go and 
take the money in, in Saudi Arabia. We're going to go over there and listen. We've, we've just mentioned it there. Dad in England, Dan Cook, Michael Oliver were refereeing in, in the United Arab Emirates on Thursday, I think it was. So th- th- those things are already sort of starting to happen. That the, the referees are starting to branch out and, and leave. So I think I think that's where a lot of that comes from in the sense of like let's not sort of you know let's not burn everything to the ground here and 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 have a, a situation where we've got a refereeing crisis because we don't have enough people who'll, who'll do it. But yeah, I, I'm I'm of the opinion that well. If I think there's a lot of people, and, and you know, listen, there'll be plenty, there'll be some who, are, who don't, and I, I respect that opinion. But I think there's a lot of people who feel that things have to change in terms of, like you say, the implementation of, of VAR. I, I listen. I, if you ask me, I would get rid of VAR, but that's that's not happening. Let's 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 take that off the table. That will not happen anytime soon. There's, but there is a definite need for things to change and whether it's whether it's language like i say whether it's processes whether it's communication whether it's transparency after the event you know and we say well look this is this is why a decision was reached i know a lot of people use rugby as an example in terms of you know being able to hear um referee conversations there was there was that moment i mean i, I watched the women's world cup obviously and there was uh, there was a bit of that wasn't it going on with you know the, the referee sort of announcing to the to the crowd, um, why a penalty's been awarded, or sort of what 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 why the VAR have advised this decision, um, maybe that will be something that, that can come out of it, but you can't get those kind of changes without a sort of a bit of a bit of pressure and a, and applying a bit of pressure. That's that's where change comes from. It comes from sort of people, you know, questioning, querying, you know, being awkward, asking awkward questions, putting things at the forefront of the media, um. And for me, I think this is an incident, and it's not the only incident this season. I think the Onana one with Wolves was 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 every bit as bad, in my opinion, as this. Um, you know, we had Liverpool have had a red card rescinded already this season. They had the player sent off, and it was it was it was rescinded on the Monday in Alexis McAllister. Other other clubs have had have had penalties awarded or red cards not awarded or offsides and things like that that they they're not not pleased about. There was one obviously recently was it Fulham. Um, with with Manuel Akanji in in front of the goalkeeper, which a goal should have been disallowed, wasn't disallowed. Um, Howard Webb's admitting that that was wrong. Um, there's just so many of these incidents at the moment that I think it's got to the stage where now, you know, come on, let's let's have this conversation. You know, okay, might might nothing might come of it, you know, but it's time to at least sort of start putting a bit more pressure on on the PGMOL and the the um, the use and the application of, of VAR because. It's yeah, we're having too many of these conversations, basically. And I think we shouldn't be having these conversations, especially when you're looking at that that Liverpool Tottenham game was was rightly being billed as by yeah. this point in the season probably the best game in the season. Yeah. And you and think you know what? what's even, a bloody even shame? 11 v 10. And even eleven v yeah. ten, I think it was one of the best games of the season. It was you know eleven v eleven. It, it was stacking up to be a terrific game. Eleven v ten, it was a pretty good game. Eleven v nine, okay, yeah, you know, it's going to be a certain type of a game. I, it was thrilling, still, you know, you were sort of you were willing Liverpool on to, to hang on. I think, yeah, I think even people who weren't of a Liverpool persuasion, I think they would have sort of half wanted Liverpool to see that out because it was such a back to the wall, you know, effort. Yeah, you're right, and, and we've got a game there just taken away. I, I think that maybe feeds into it a little bit. It's the game of the weekend. It's the 5.30 Sky, Tottenham, Liverpool sort of, you know, real publicity behind it. Maybe that's the time to do it, you know, rather than, with the greatest respect, Sheffield United v Burnley on a, a three o'clock Saturday when, you know, it, it isn't sort of in the public eye as much. Maybe this is the sort of 
the the way to go about you know trying to trying to implement these kind of changes or force these kind of conversations. And you think of what a shame for like the fans that have travelled down to London to watch the game, and then yeah. you think, oh, and, and, and they were brilliant, <laughs> and they were yeah, brilliant absolutely. by the way as well. I mean, you, you saw you saw the scenes at the end, and you know you talk about siege mentality and Darwin Nunez and 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 the likes and Trent Alexander Arnold. You saw him whipping up the crowd in the corner when he won a throw in, didn't he? And you know they know the fans who travel down know how much Liverpool gave there. The, the Liverpool players know how much their fans are behind them at the moment. I, I think that's the. You know, we've talked all about the officials. I think that's the big takeaway for me is that this is a team that's going in the right direction, and and I, I you know it's got a, a group of fans that actually believes in the direction it's going in as well. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's the the main positive we can take from this. Everyone is heading in the exactly right direction. This has almost galvanised Liverpool even more, which you know hopefully in the long run you think that will have a really sort of positive effect on the season. I mean, we're back to Europe. Again, this Thursday, so hopefully another positive result there. Opportunities uh, for players who maybe haven't got that many opportunities this season. We'd certainly expect to see like Gravenberch, etc. Watura Endo. So we'll be looking forward to that. But Neil, it's been an yeah. absolute pleasure discussing the game. You hopefully will be having less less of these issues to discuss you uh, discuss with you uh, in two weeks' time. Yeah. Just, before, uh, just before we go, mate, sorry, I just wanted to want to mention the, the women's team um, and an unbelievable result for them. On Sunday, um, in the WSL opener, Arsenal. One good result in North London this weekend for Liverpool. I were there with that. Um, fantastic. I mean, they had they had their own issues this week with COVID and injuries, and I think they only named four substitutes for the game. Fifty four thousand fans inside the Emirates, and and Liverpool have beaten one of the title favourites um, in in Arsenal. So brilliant work from Matt Beard and the girls there. That's an unbelievable result, and. Only adds into the sort of feel good factor around around the club at the moment, doesn't it? The under twenty ones won on Sunday as well. Um won at Crystal Palace. Things are in decent health at Liverpool at the moment, even if they uh, you know that they're not getting the rub of the green from match officials. We'll get there eventually. That's very, very good side actually. That asked the women's side as well. I've been to see them very, yeah. very good standard of football, so superb opener to the season, hopefully a sign of things to come. Uh Neil been a pleasure having you here as ever and i'm sure as everyone knows you can all catch your work on covering liverpool at neil neiljay.substack.com and of course on your twitter at neil jones goal likewise we have our own bits and bobs uh, on substack including this lovely chat with neil on empirethecock.substack.com you can catch it on our youtube and wherever you get your podcasts this has been farrell keeling and the lovely neil jones thank you for watching and take care <laughs>